Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where two lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. Now, here are your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the timely Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Uh, doing great. Doing great. Timely. Timely. Yeah. I. Uh, it's just funny because I was ten minutes late to our uh, podcasting session tonight. <laughs> you were. You were not at all. <laughs> I would have had today. a ball called on me, or you know, maybe at least a couple. A uh, strike. I would. I mean. I mean, a or a strike, depending on whether I was a hitter or a pitcher. I guess. But yeah. 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 I. You know what? You're a stone cold slugger in my heart, Matthew. So you would have been. You would have struck out like I don't know how many times is eight <laughs> yeah. seconds. What's 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 ten minutes t- divided by? Oh eight man, seconds? that's like a season's worth of strikeouts right there. <laughs> that's a lot. That's a lot of strikes. Uh, Let's see, 10 times 60 divided by 8 equals 75 strikes divided by 3. You struck out 25 times, my friend. All right. That's, uh, you guys only have two more outs. I'm throwing a perfect game. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's Joey Barton. Actually, I'm not doing anything. That's like Joey Barton (laughs) two weeks. I mean, that's... Oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. You know what? You know what? Joey Bart's had two at-bats so far, two plate appearances even, so far this spring training, and he has not struck out one time. Okay, fair, fair. All right, my apologies, Mr. Bart. So, so far, he's actually following your advice from last week. Don't strike out at all. Not one time. (laughs) Not one time. Who knew it was that easy? (laughs) That's it. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Uh, Unfortunately for him, Blake Sable... Uh, you know, hit a homer, two run homer, and, and a double, um, and <laughs> yeah, and and only really blew one pitch that cost the Giants a run behind the plate. Uh, yeah, just one. That's all. <laughs> I mean, it was, and it was technically a wild pitch. I mean, he should have caught it, but it was a wild pitch because uh, he had to jump up, and uh, it went off his glove. You know, so um, you know what is that they say, Matthew, in football when you're a wide receiver and it hits you right in the hands, and you don't catch it? Clank. I don't know. Yeah, they they say you suck, uh, and uh, they say you should be a cornerback. That's what they say. <laughs> so, so Mister, maybe Mister well, Blake should be a cornerback or an outfielder. Yeah. Oh, there, there's that. There's that. Uh, yeah. Well. Anyway, uh, hey, I have a question for you. Okay. So, speaking of timely, in the morning, like when your alarm goes off. Do you like to hit the snooze button like repeatedly? Are you like a serial snoozer or are you like well put together enough that you can, you know, like just give yourself an extra 25 minutes of sleep and just get up when the alarm goes off? Uh, well, neither really. I mean, I, I, I never get up when the alarm goes off. So let's be clear about that. But I only <laughs> well, hit the snooze once. Okay, uh, oh. so I give I so I snooze for about what eight to nine minutes I think is kind of the snooze button, and so what I do account about? for that when I when I set my alarm, knowing that I'm going to hit the snooze bar once. Why don't they give us a solid ten minutes? I bet you there's a real reason for there that. There probably is. There's probably like something like you go into REM cycle or something again in ten or something. I don't know, but uh, yeah. eight, eight or whatever nine, it is, I, I don't want to know what what it works for me. I I hit the snooze and I kind of roll over and I contemplate life and. Uh, you know, and then just kind of start, yeah. you know, kind of like, okay, is anything hurting this morning? How am I feeling? <laughs> you um, do the old man check. Yes, yeah. the old man check. And yeah. uh, and then it's like, and also, how cold is it? Like, am I going to be freezing when I get out, when I remove these covers? Uh, you know, all those things. And so that usually takes me about eight or nine minutes to go through that whole checklist. And then, then the, the thing goes off and I'm like, all right, I guess I got to get up. And so then I get up and I start my day. That's nice. That's that sounds very lovely. That that sounds kind of ridiculous. I uh I certainly do understand where you're coming from like when you wake up in the morning, you just you just do a you you just do a check, right? You just do a, a check of like, okay, does my ankle hurt? Does my knee mm-hmm. hurt? Does does my back hurt, which it always does when I wake up in the morning. Um about it's it's crazy how many times I've woken up in the morning with an old man sleeping injury recently. <laughs> like I mean recently like in the last 4 or 5 years. 
you know, and then you do all of that. And then, and then, yeah, and then you look at the clock and you're like, okay, if I, if I, if I stay in here another 10 minutes, then I have 20 minutes to make the train or whatever. Yeah. Which is plenty no, of time have... for me to go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. You do I have just, what? I, I do have that whole mental checklist of like how, so there are things that I have to do and there are things that I like to do in the morning as part mm. of my routine. Okay. Uh, and so like one of the things I like to do is I like to enjoy my cup of coffee, like while looking at uh, Wordle. And, uh, oh. and so it's kind of mm-hmm. a little, my morning routines, but if I'm really tired, I know that I could just skip that like part of it. And there's another 15 minutes of sleep right there. And so sometimes <laughs> I will be like, all right, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to go back to sleep here. Okay. Right. Right. So one of the things that I, I like to do is just sit there and think about all the things I haven't accomplished in my life. <laughs> well, gosh, you must be there all morning. It's a lot. It is a lot. Um, and so, you know, and then I kind of, you know, I, what I used to do when I was younger is I'd be like, eh, you know what? I'm young. There's still time. And then I'd be like, you know, and then all that time when I was like from zero to 18, that barely even counts. Like you can't count that time because that was time when everybody else was telling you what to do. Right. You so don't have any like say me, over yeah. what actually happens. Yeah. yeah. That makes me feel a lot younger. Uh, I'm, I can't do that anymore. Like, I'm too old for that. So now it's just like checking off. I'm just checking off all the things that I'll never accomplish. Yeah. Well, you're never playing in the NBA. (laughs) Well, I knew that one. Well, no, Muggsy Bogues was around when I was there. (laughs) (sighs) Thanks, Muggsy, for ruining everything. That's right. That's fine. I don't like basketball anyway. Anyway. Today, folks, is Sunday, February 26th, as we record this podcast. Hey, I don't know if we mentioned it. Actually, I do know if we mentioned it. We didn't. Last week, the Giants actually played baseball games. Of course, they were spring training games, and they don't count for anything. But they did play them starting yesterday on Saturday. And they went 1-1 one and on one the last two days. They lost uh, to the Cubs, right? Yep. Like 10-8, to eight, yep. I think. And today they won, was it 9-7, to 7-5? Seven, seven to I can't remember. Um, I know that it was a it was a walk off victory today. And it was a seven to six walk off. Oh, seven to six, right? right. Seven to six walk off victory. That's right, because it was not a home run that won the game. It was a uh, it was a base. It was hit. a series of base hits. Yes, it was a series of. We base had like hits. three base right. hits that should have won the game today. And well, you know, it's spring training, Matthew, and there's a lot of young guys out there. I am sure that these two baseball games are not at all representative of the kind of baseball that the San Francisco Giants are going to be playing during the regular season. Uh, not at all. No. I hope not. Uh, well, you know what? You know I'm lying because I think this is pretty accurate, <laughs> folks. <laughs> well, that, the game one went like three hours. Right. And yeah, so, it was so the only I, game I, I that was went like, three hours. I was down on my cocktails quick because I thought, well, shoot, this game's only going to be like two and a half hours long. I get to two and a half hours, I still had to suffer through like the eighth and ninth innings without any alcohol. So wow. it, it was it was a rough start of spring training for me, Ben. Have you ever heard of shots, Matthew? Well, yeah, but that's just it seemed like a little a little extreme for the first game of spring training to like just whip out the Jägermeister or the tequila and salt and lemon. Like just I just You know, you can do shots of any spirit. I don't know if you know this. Um oh. uh, you know what you could have done is you could have poured yourself two fingers of a nice whiskey and nursed it. Yeah. Yeah, I could have. I yeah. could have. You could have like a but bourbon. I can't hold my even? liquor that well. So it would have been like, you know, at the end I would I would have been mm, you know, I little... see. Oh, I see. I see. So it would have been you, like you at the end of a giant cocktails party. You allot yourself a certain number of cocktails per game. I do. And then and then you you drank them faster and yes. then you were like I'm out of I'm out of Yeah. I okay. didn't time it all well. Right. So, you know, it's still well, tr- spring training for yeah. me. I still got to figure out the so, timing. Not very timely at all. Yeah. All right. Well, we are going to talk about um, about the spring training games. We're also going to talk about the the new clock. I mean, that's the rage, right? Um, I mean, who we all knew it was going to be Manny Machado screwing things up. <laughs> Manny uh, Manny took it took it like uh, look up like a pro. Yeah, uh, he was the first man to uh, get caught. Uh, there was also some really interesting things that happened uh, already on day day two of spring training games. It was day one for the Giants, but. 
Uh, we'll talk about the new clock and the new rules and and how those um, have played out here in the first weekend. Uh, we're going to talk about the Giants and how they performed in the, those games and kind of get early impressions. And then uh, if we have time, maybe if we get to it, we will be talking about uh, who we think might be some good candidates for having a breakout year this year. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think there might be some surprises on that list. <laughs> sure. Or, or sure. not. Not really. Not really. <laughs> no, I don't think there's going to be surprises on that list. Insert name um, here. Yeah. yeah, insert name here. Uh, and uh, with all that said, um, Matthew, um, I think it's time for the trivia question. Yes, it is. So here is today's trivia question. In 2007, in his final season, Barry Bonds hit 28 home runs in only 340 at-bats. Since then, only one National League player has had as many as 28 home runs in as few as 340 at-bats. Name him. Rickert Fanita. Not Rickert Finite. No? No, believe it or not. No. I think Rickert's going to become my answer for every one of Well, it's so much fun so. to say. I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah. Well, although, and then maybe sometimes Suyoshi Shinjo. <laughs> Which is also equally fun to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are, those are. Uh, so you're saying it wasn't Rickert? Because Rickert played before them. So uh, <laughs> that, that does, um, hmm. Uh, what other names could I say? Uh, I feel okay. So, so this is this is okay. Is this a trivia question, Matthew? Because this is this is that's the Giants' connection. Is Barry Bonds, or is it like a clue? Is there? Are you saying this was a Giant? It. I am. I am not saying one way or another. Uh, oh, Kevin Moss. Oh God, that's even though that's even older. That's totally the wrong. Oh, that's direction. totally the wrong direction. But Kevin Moss actually, you know, he got off to his career like he hit like 15 home runs in his first like like 50 at bats or something like that. Yeah. So I actually was, went out and bought his rookie card that yeah, year. How much is that worth? This? Like like yeah. I owe money on that now. Like I mean, it's like <laughs> I I'd, have could, to, I'd have to yeah. pay somebody to take it. Like, I mean, I think if you used it as dental floss, it would be yeah. something. <laughs> you would have saved some money on dental floss. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kevin Moss is a good example of how uh, these things, uh, you know, these early hot starts or, you know, say six weeks of spring training (laughs) are a meaningless uh, statistical anomaly. Uh, Okay, yeah, I don't know, Matthew. I do not know the answer to this question. Well, we will will reveal the answer at the end of today's episode. I'm going to reveal the answer to myself right now as I scroll down to the bottom. (laughs) Okay. Oh, interesting. It is. Don't it Google is. it. Don't don't Google it. Don't chat GPT it. Oh, chat GPT would get it wrong. It would. It'd be like chat John McGraw. GPT is so bad. <laughs> so bad at baseball and timelines. Oh. oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Do not ask chat GPT about baseball. Do not ask chat GPT about when something happened relative to something else. It's just the worst. Oh. It's like it's like talking to your mother about baseball. <laughs> Unless your mother happens to know a lot about baseball. Enough with the banter. Let's talk cocktails. <sighs> Such a taskmaster. <laughs> well, you know, he keeps us moving. <laughs> he, does, he does keep us moving. All right. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about cocktails. All right. Who's supposed to go? What are you drinking, Matthew? Of course. Yeah, see, see, it's me. I get to go first. Thanks, Bob. Thanks. So today I am bringing... Uh, the spice trade to our podcast. And if you would like to know all about the spice trade, go back to last Thursday's episode. Uh, I think it was called spicy hurricanes was our episode. And it was all about, uh, the cocktails that we're bringing to today's show. I will say that my cocktail has two ounces of gin, three quarter ounce lemon juice, three quarter ounce cinnamon, simple syrup, and four to five basil leaves. Shake all those up, uh, in a shaker, Strain them into a coupe glass and enjoy your spice trade. So that is what I'm drinking today. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Um, I am drinking the Hurricane, one of the tiki classics, and because uh, that's all I care about. Hey, folks, just be glad I'm not making planters punches, all right? 
Uh, I also discuss my hurricane in great detail on our last podcast that came out on Thursday, as Matthew mentioned, spicy hurricanes. Uh, But what is in my cocktail? My cocktail has two ounces of dark rum, two ounces of light rum, one ounce of orange juice, one ounce of passion fruit syrup, half an ounce of lime juice, and half an ounce of grenadine. You combine all of those in a shaker, shake until chilled. Uh, pour it into some kind of vessel and garnish it with orange, lime, and hibiscus flour and syrup. I talk about that a little bit more on the uh, in the cocktail show. So if you are curious about what that is, you know where to go. You know what to do. Uh, and that's it. There you go. The hurricane, Bob. The hurricane. Hurricane sounds like a yummy... Uh... A yummy tiki Ben drink. Uh, it is. <laughs> uh, uh, it it is. Um, it's. Uh, it's. Uh, it, uh, it, oh, that was fifteen what? seconds, Ben. You're on uh, the clock. I, um, so yes, it was a it was a happy hurricane drink. Ha- tiki. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Oh, there's another fifteen seconds. That's two Is that balls. two strikes against? Oh, it's two balls. I'm the yes. pitcher. I'm the pitcher. You're the pitcher. Uh, okay. Uh, yes, the hurricane is a tiki cocktail. Um, it is wonderful whenever you want to strike out. Uh. <laughs> Fifteen seconds goes by fast, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, it does go by fast. Um, I suppose uh, you are referencing the new game clock. Yes. Uh, that was introduced to Major League Baseball finally. Uh I will say this, it does go very quick. And and I certainly noticed it on the television broadcasts of that I watched of other baseball teams. Yes. <laughs> and I was watching the Yankees. Who are no, the Yankees was- playing, Ben? The Cardinals and the Red Sox. <laughs> I, I knew it. You watched the Giants, didn't you? <laughs> see, Mr. my I'm wife. I'm not going to give them she, any of my money. No, I'm going to like see, just wait look, until July before I, uh, I I pay the Giants. Look, 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 look. I'm a professional <laughs> podcaster. <laughs> no, that's not right. Semi pro at best, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> What's it called when you pay money to do something? <laughs> yeah, it's called being a loser. Yeah. <laughs> um Okay, look, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, that's right. That's right. I watched the Giants on MLB TV. Uh, the Giants didn't have a broadcast, a TV broadcast going. Uh they still haven't have a TV broadcast going because they didn't have one today either. Uh, so I watched the Cubs broadcast, which I feel like is an out, right? I didn't watch the Giants broadcast. I watched the Cubs broadcast. So I was watching a Cubs game and they just happened to be playing the Giants. Got it. Got it. And, uh, and I noticed that during that broadcast, the announcers were a little bit behind. It seemed like they were kind of rushing things. Because they weren't used to the pitches coming that quickly. I mean, for the first few pitches, that's all they talked about. They just talked about the clock, you know, for like yep. the first batter. Um, but then after that, they just, they just uh, you know, they just seemed to be rushing things. Um, but otherwise, you know what, Matthew? It looked like baseball to me. You know, I did see the big clock in the background. Uh, but after a while, it, it didn't bother me. But what I did notice is I went through all the box scores of all the games from over the weekend, and the overwhelming majority of these games were finishing between two and a half hours and two hours and 40 minutes, which was remarkable because these games come with a lot of of player changes. Now, granted, the player changes usually happen, you know, in the middle of the inning, so they don't really impact uh, the running of the game. But... Um, but it was remarkable, right? It was remarkable that all of these games, nine inning games were going about two and a half hours. Not true for the Giants. No. Um, <laughs> and, and, um, the, the Giants-Cubs game. But, you know, that's what crappy pitching and crappy defense will do. Yeah. <laughs> when you yeah. walk lots of dudes. 
It takes <laughs> it takes a little time to do that. Yeah. When you walk four out of six batters, like uh, what was it, Stratmore or at Stratford on Avon? I don't know what his name was. Uh, and then Zapuki, Zapuki today. Uh, also walked a bunch of guys, and uh, yeah, that takes a long time, uh, whether there's a clock or not. And um, but no, it was re- quite remarkable. Fifteen seconds does go by fast, but it. I mean, it didn't really seem to change the game to me, right? I mean, other than making it a faster-paced game, mm-hmm. um, I, I guess we'll see. You know, it's too early to tell, right? Because there's just so many non, you know, so many minor leaguer level players playing, and you don't really know what the impact is going to be. But, but right now, it certainly seems to be getting the first, you know, thing done, which is shortening the length of the game. Yeah, and I do not, I do not, uh, I'm not complaining. So far, so good. Yeah. Well, and and as watching the 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 game play out. Uh, a couple things struck me, and and one was that so there 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 could be a little strategy behind how this works, right? So at first, I felt like some of the pitchers were were pitching too quickly, like they weren't waiting for their full fifteen seconds, right? They were kind of getting the ball and going, and they could see the clock, so it's not like they have to like you know guess. I mean, that's right in front of them. Uh, but I also feel like so the batter's got to be ready within eight seconds, right? And so there could be an advantage for a pitcher on that ninth second to pitch, right? Because you're you're not really giving the batter a whole lot of opportunity to to get settled, and and so I feel like in that respect, so that's kind of a, that was intriguing to me. I feel like that that could be uh, so that was one aspect that I think could be interesting to watch. Is there is that a strategy where you're just you're you're raring and going, and maybe some of the Giants pitchers already kind of do that, like Alex Wood, for example, uh, you know, get the ball and pitch kind of thing, doesn't let hitters kind of settle in. Uh, well, that could be the new norm, and and so that was interesting. The other thing that really kind of I thought was kind of interesting as I was looking at it was that so the rule states that the clock does not start until the pitcher catches the ball from the catcher. There's nothing to say that the catcher can't hold on to the ball for a few more seconds before sending it back to the pitcher. True. And and so I feel like that could be an interesting thing to play out over spring is you know, do pitchers and catchers figure that out? And, you know, will there be some effort to kind of maybe make catchers throw the ball back quicker? Um, so I so that was kind of so just those that those two kind of things struck me as I was watching the first couple games or at least on Saturday. Uh, and and just I'll be curious to see how it goes. I did enjoy the pace. I, I think that that uh, that type of, you know, you're not. It's amazing like how we're so used to the pitcher catching the ball, walking around the back of the mound, rubbing it down with both hands, standing up on the mound, taking a couple of deep breaths, putting his glove back on, staring in for the count, shaking off a couple of pitches, then stepping off, then setting again, then shaking off a couple of pitches, then finally getting settled, then delivering a pitch, right? That's one yeah. pitch after all well, of that. And maybe after all of that, the batter is finally done, you know, tightening his shoelace, <laughs> tightening his belt, grabbing his crotch, spitting, uh, doing whatever they do with their batting gloves. Oh, like 17 they, yeah, times. Velcro doesn't stay when, stuck, apparently, because you got to yeah, keep adjusting the Velcro. Yeah. yeah. And then tapping, you know, tapping their feet, tapping the, the, the you know, tapping the umpire on the butt, tapping the catcher's <laughs> shin guards, you know. That's uh, only if they know pa- each other closely. Playing patty but, cake with their roommate. Just like all that stuff, right? Like, uh, I don't miss it at all. I, I'm totally glad it's gone. Um, yeah, no, I mean, all that was a major snooze fest. And, uh, and, you know, it, it is interesting, though, because I, you know, I, I think one thing that is clear, though, I do think that this means now that the defense, or, like the pitchers, the, you know, the team that's pitching the ball, um, con- now controls the pace uh, of the game, pace of the at-bats. And what I certainly did see in a couple of cases where a batter took a monster swing and fell through the batter's box. You know how sometimes they do or they yeah, or they yeah. foul the ball off and it takes them off balance and they and they step through the batter's box. And now they're on the other side of the. I saw the catcher wing the ball back. Mm. Uh, it was on a, it was on a swing and miss. Right. And he just the, the batter stumbled through the batter's box and the catcher just winged it back to the pitcher immediately. 
starting start at that clock. clock. Yeah. And so now, so now the batter was on the clock, and he, and he had to get into that box within eight seconds. And you know, even though he had had this monster swing and and all that, so I I definitely think it does give the the pitching uh, pitchers an advantage. I do though, though I do think though that it does prevent the the old kind of quick pitch, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Because I think there is a certain like the umpire has to believe that the batter is ready because it's not just you don't have to it's not just that you're in the batter's box. You have to be focused on the pitcher. You have to yeah. be focused on the pitcher, right? And so if you're looking down, the clock hasn't the, the, your clock hasn't stopped yet. You're it's not it, and the pitcher can't throw. Right. He can't quick pitch you. And if you're the batter, you have to know that as soon as you are ready, you better be ready because now it immediately turns over to the pitcher. So I do think to a certain extent that the old version of quick pitching is gone. Yes, they could throw immediately as soon as that eight seconds is up, as soon as the batter is ready. But the batter now knows that. Right. And the batter also knows that he's not going to have to wait longer than eight seconds. Right, Which there's is no more having to nice call thing. timeout, you know. Right, things, right. All that. You can't yeah. freeze them there. So, so I do think it is uh, a lot of that gamesmanship. It's going to change. There's still going to be gamesmanship. It's going to be a different kind of gamesmanship. But, um, but I, I think I, I think it's largely going to be about yes, how quickly the ball is returned to the pitcher. Uh, I did also. I, I think there's also a rule about like outfielders. Like if there's a foul ball, and the fielders all go running towards the foul ball, and they don't make the play. Or even if they do make the play, um, the ball is now out of play. That fielder has to get back into position, right? So the right. umpire might throw the ball back to the pitcher, but that doesn't mean the clock starts then because the the player has to have time to get back into position. Oh, interesting. So who starts that clock then? Well, there's a there's a special person. There's been a person who does this job, has been doing this job for the past few years um because they time a bunch of other things but uh they are now responsible for starting that clock as well um for So is for that I, person I, the one that decides when the outfielder's back into position to start the I, clock? I guess so or I don't know maybe the maybe the umpire does a signal to mm. to mention that that the clock should start then. I don't know who makes the decision of whether or not they're back in position, but I do know that fielders could take their sweet time getting back into position. Right. Right. If they feel yeah. like their pitchers like getting a little bogged down or or maybe they'll just be a sign that somebody gives somebody and be like, hey, next time there's a foul ball, you know, take some time, eat some nachos from the stands, you know, uh, tie your shoe, you know, <laughs> uh, and before you run back. So I think we will see some of that stuff. People will probably complain about it. I don't think it's going to be all the time. Hopefully it's not all the time. Um, but but I think we're definitely going to see those things play out. But for me, so far, so good, man. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I know not everybody's happy with it. I know that there was a major event in one of the games that to me was funny. Well, it's funny like, in that this was like the worst case scenario. Like, you know, that people kind of, you know, and it happened on the first day or, or second day, maybe of of implementing this rule, of which so game winning, you know, bases loaded, bottom of the ninth, guy batting, two out, two outs, full count, yep. and 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 so uh, and there was a pitch clock violation, and yeah. at first, no one was sure who had violated. Right, they thought that the pitcher, the pitcher noticed, thought yeah. that they had uh, that they had taken too long and thought that he had now walked in the winning run. The batter thought that and started to run, and then the umpire said, "Not, not, not." The batter was not set at eight seconds, so he had strike yeah. three and struck out. Uh, and and so that is the exact uh, I think scenario that people were like, "What if that happens? That's going to be the end of baseball." And I thought it was kind of funny. Actually. It's not going to be the end of baseball. First of all, uh, I mean, first of all, good. I mean, that's your job to hit the ball, stand in the box and be ready. You know what? The greatest hitter of all time, Barry Bonds, never left a box. Right. Yeah. If he can just stand in the box and wait for the ball, wait for the pitcher to throw the ball. So can you. And like, I, I just I uh, this is going to go away. People are not going to care about these things that happened to that batter because he wasn't thinking and he wasn't in his you know he wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing by right. by regular he, season he will be yeah and yes there's going to be critical moments where one of these calls changes the outcome of a game but that's okay because you know what the rules are and it's your job to hit the ball it's your job to throw the ball that's actually what the game is all about it's not 
about not throwing the ball. Right. Or not getting in the darn batter's box. Get in the box. Do your job. How do you really feel about that, Ben? Uh, you know, I mean, on it, I just, I, mm, that's how I feel about it. I feel <laughs> like you just shut up and do your job. You know, like, congrats. You made it to Major League Baseball. Maybe you should just shut up and hit the ball. <laughs> like, you know, if you don't like it, go play rec league somewhere where there's no clock. And a keg on second base. Yeah. Hey, even better. <laughs> even better. Right. You're happy. I'm happy because I don't have to watch you tightening your, you know, your wristbands and, you know, calling your mom, you know, instead of getting in the batter's box. Yeah. Well, that's how I, I feel I, about I, it. So, yeah. So to wrap this up, I, I just to me, I felt like uh, it was it was actually kind of refreshing to see just baseball being played and not the just the monotony. And you're right, the announcers are having to adjust to this because for a couple of reasons. One is that, you know, they have this internal clock of how much they can tell their stories and if there's two outs and all, you know, and how many strikes and all that, they can start a story knowing that it's going to take a certain amount of time. And uh, and now that clock has been uh, adjusted a little bit. because And it's funny that announcers... More than once this weekend, I heard be like, "Oh, there's already a ball called." Did they? Did they? You know, was there a violation? And then they're like, "Oh, yep, there was a violation." Like they don't even yeah. see it happening, right? And yeah. so it's uh, it's a different, definitely uh, something that I think we're all going to have to get used to as baseball fans of looking at the clock or looking at the play and making sure and seeing kind of the umpire make his uh, his his announcements. I mean, it does mean we're going to have to watch the game. Yeah. Oh, and I man. know a lot of us, a lot of us go to the baseball park to do anything but watch the game. <laughs> right. We go there to talk. We go there to drink bad cocktails. We go there to like, I don't know, just enjoy the ambiance. And most of the time we don't have to be paying attention because nothing's happened. These two guys have spent 20 seconds, 30 seconds, like, you know, I don't know, going for a stroll. I'm like, okay. You know, you know the cadence. Yeah, yeah. We're all going to have to change. We're all going to have to change. We're just going to have to get used to watching baseball. You know, I don't know. Why do I, it's well, it's going to be hard, but. It will. Uh, well, I, I don't think it's going to be hard. I think uh, what was hard, though, was watching this weekend's games at times. Uh, it, which, it, which games are you referring to? Well, I guess just Saturdays. Listening to today's game, uh, Saturday, <laughs> Sunday's game. We couldn't watch it. Uh, but I, just, I did listen to today's game on the radio. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I listened on my app, so they kind of knew that I was listening. So, uh, but, oh, and on Sunday, or Saturday, rather, I actually got tired of listening to the broadcast for the Cubs, so I muted the TV, and I turned on KMBR, and I synced it up. To, oh. Um, because what's cool about KMBR is you can hear the sound of the ball hitting the glove in their um, background, yeah. so it makes it kind of easy to sync up you know, with, uh, with the oh, TV. Right. All right. Okay. And, and so it actually ended up being really nice. I enjoyed John Miller uh, talking about Giants for the second half of the game. Very nice. Very nice. Well, that was probably, that was, I mean, I don't want to say there weren't good things that happened in these first two games because there were. There were a lot of good, oh, man. good things. Um, but overall, it was, it was, it was a rough brand of baseball. But you know what? It's, it's the first two games of spring training. And game one, I mean, on Saturday, did you? How many of those names did you even know? Oh, there were no lineup. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely. I, I mean, actually, I'm proud that I I knew quite a bit, but that's because I kind of have to follow the Giants pretty closely. Uh, but even like, I mean, once they got into some of the later games, like like I did not know who uh, what was he was he was left fielder Gigliotti. I don't know who Michael Gigliotti is. Um, but there he was, uh, who actually got a couple of hits. So, well, yeah. And I think Dane, Dwayne Kuyper was saying Gialotti and I was looking at, it, I was like, I'm pretty sure there's two G's in that name. So now I'm confused. Did just Dwayne Kuyper not know who he was? Very possible. Very possible. Or is yeah. that the correct way to pronounce his name? And I don't know who he is. Also extremely possible. So yes, I don't know who Gigliotti was either. But he got two hits. So yeah, he that did. was, uh, he did. Well, what, what, so, well, let me throw another name at you. Clint Coulter. Oh, that was from of... today. That was from today. Yeah, I, I was no, not. No, that was from yesterday. He played yesterday. Did he? Oh, he right. Did. Yes. Played first base. Yes. I, I, did, I didn't know. I did not know who he was. 
Uh, Ricardo Gianevis. I'd actually, I actually did know that name. Oh, yes. okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, hmm. Tristan oh, Beck, the starting Fitzgerald. pitcher. I, I don't know who Fitzgerald was. Um, okay. Yeah, so all the guys that came in after the starters, like it was a little bit. But Today, I think that's spring mean. training, right? I mean, they or call guys yesterday? over from the minor league camp to take some at-bats. And, sure. uh, you know, so that's just the way it's going to be. I mean, uh, the, into all of the starters, uh, sorry, all of the pitchers from Saturday's game, with the exception of Sam Long, um, Tristan Beck. I mean, I feel well, it's been like a long time since I've heard that name. I mean, I thought it, I was like, wow, he's still in the organization. But I think uh, Strotman and Striffler, uh, mm-hmm. Strotman and Striffler was your next uh, personal injury attorney law firm. You know, uh, based on the way they performed, they should go get their law degrees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Strotman never recorded an, an out. No, he was he was pretty bad. That was uh, that was the guy that I called uh, uh, Stratford. Six on earned runs with no no outs. Yeah, he walked four guys, I think, in yes, six yes. batters. Yeah, like two hits he's, and four walks. He's got an infinite ERA. Yeah, so it wasn't great on Saturday with the kids uh, playing, but but today on Sunday uh, we had the more standard uh, set of the lineup. Right, uh, it was Conforto played, Haniger played. They both had their first appearances as San Francisco Giants. Yeah, uh, the Giants were the home team, so the so the the Reds were batting first, and I believe with two outs. Um, Mitch Haniger misplayed the first ball hit to him as a San Francisco Giant. And instead of it being an out to end the inning, it was a run scoring triple. So that's Mitch Haniger's first play as a San Francisco Giant. Um, that's the improved defense of the outfield. Hey, getting the errors out of the way early, <laughs> right. Ben. Okay. Right. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. I mean, no, that's brand new. It's a small sample size. You know, like you can't, like one play does not dictate the entire. I get it. I get it. I get it. But so far, I'm right and you're wrong. <laughs> uh, well, I and and Farhan and and uh, Kapler that's, are wrong. Right? That's what I really meant. I didn't mean. Yeah, you. yeah, because I I I had no no say and Mitch Haniger coming mm-hmm, to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. So uh, it was it was a little bit rough. It was a little bit rough, and um, I I know that based on the players who made a lot of the errors and the pitchers who uh, had bad outings. I know enough to know that this is not representative of what the major league team is going to look like on opening day, but I'm not saying that this isn't the kind of baseball they might be playing, you know? So, um, I don't know. It was, uh, it was, uh, there was a lot to not like, but the good news is a lot of what there was to not like was by players who you don't really expect to be making an impact at the major league level anytime soon. But there, there was some bright spots like Bob, there were Bob. How was how was Camilo? Camilo's on fire. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's right. Bob. Camilo struck out three hitters today. One of them was because the guy took too long in the box, but uh, but but still, uh, three strikeouts to start your spring uh, training. I'll, I'll take it. Did he strike out on the on the violation? Yeah, one guy struck out on a violation, not a pitch wow. pitch violation. <laughs> And the funny, the irony is that Camilo was the one that everyone thought was going to be the one that was going to have a hard time pitching within 15 because he was like, I think he was one of the the slowest pitchers uh, to deliver the ball last year in the well, majors. You got to take a long rest to throw 104 miles an hour every single pitch. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I mean, it's not that he can't take a long time. It's just that he did. I mean, so he can't go quickly. It's just that he 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 took a long time because he was allowed to, right? I, right, I don't think we right. really know. Just because a guy took a long time doesn't mean he's going to have a hard time adjusting. Uh, I don't think we know who it's going to be that has a hard time adjusting, right? Uh, uh, until until this plays out over the season. So, uh, but yeah, he looked great. Um, yeah. Well, it, I for me it was so it was fun seeing some of those performances. Uh, what. We never did see Kyle Harrison. Like I thought we would see Kyle within the first couple of days, but we haven't uh, we haven't seen him pitch. Um, no, that's true. You're right. And and uh, and even on the broadcast, they were speculating that he was going to start off an inning at some point, but uh, but never made it into the game. So, um, 
But, hmm. but you know, maybe, maybe that maybe it's tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, so getting back to Saturday's game, Blake Sable, mm. you know, Rule Five draft pick, getting the start, got the behind first the plate, got the first start behind the plate uh, uh, in that that foursome that is vying for two roster spots, and along with Austin Wins and. Uh, of course, Joey Bart and what's the Perez. other guy? Perez. We haven't Thank seen you. Perez at all. We haven't seen Perez yet. Oh, I didn't even. That didn't even you're right. We haven't. Um, so yeah, we saw Bailey today actually yeah, replace which was cool. uh, Bart. Uh, so so, but Blake Sable, you know, getting he had a home run and a double, I think, in in the, on Saturday's game, and boy, his swing looks good, and he wears glasses when he hits, which was a little surprising to me. I didn't. I didn't know that about him. I I didn't know that either. I mean, whatever it takes. Good right? for you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, beautiful swing, man. He. I mean, he was raking. Yeah, and I guess. I mean, I. You know, I don't know. I saw that one wild pitch that they did give up a run on. It was called a wild pitch because it was clearly it was you know it was above everybody's head. Uh, but it certainly did look like a ball that most catchers would have caught. Yeah. Um. So, and and I heard them on the radio. I think because I was I was kind of jumping back and forth between the radio and and watch, my wife watching the Cubs on TV. Um. <laughs> and um. Uh, I did notice that uh, they 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 mentioned that he did a good job through a tough inning where a pitcher was having a hard time finding the strike zone. Um. But, uh, yeah, but didn't help him out there. You know, yeah, exactly. It wasn't exactly a calming force. And so I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I think the jury is still out on that. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, all in all, like, I think at the very least, the offense is there and showed itself very early on. Um, you know, if, if that continues to, to happen throughout the season, I think what we talked about last week, that it's his job to lose remains to be, remains to be true. Um, but it, as far as, you know, the first two games of the season goes, I don't think he's done anything yet that makes us think he shouldn't be on the team or at least, you know, from Farhan Zaidi's perspective. Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, gosh, if he can provide that kind of pop and, uh, especially against as a left-handed, uh, catcher or a left-handed hitting catcher. Uh, I, geez, I mean, there's a lot to like there. Um, and you know, it's, it's obviously so out of the norm, uh, you know, I'm inclined to say there's no way that they carry a guy like that all season, but you know, I mean, I guess, I guess stranger things have happened, right? I mean, it's, it's certainly not the norm, but who's to say that it couldn't happen and who's to say that the giants wouldn't try and make that happen. Oh, I think they definitely would try to make it happen. I don't yeah. think that's outside of the realm of possibility for them at all. I think it's uh, I, I think what we said last week is is is, is true, right? Um, I think it's Blake Sable's job to lose. Um, and I think if you're gonna have Sable on the team, then you really want a veteran guy like Perez there with him. Yeah, right? You probably are not gonna want to go with wins or Bart. Um, that being said, I do think it is very likely that Sable will lose the job. Right. And and I don't I just because, you know, he's only caught 94 games before. Well, I guess 95 games now. Right. Right. Um, well. at the minors and, and spring level. But, um, you know, it, it, I, I think, um, you know, if he continues to play like this, then it's a no brainer. He's going to start yeah. the, the season with the team. And, and you know, it's interesting hearing some of the pundits talk about, you know, last week we talked about uh, Farhan and uh, and Kapler calling out. Bart and saying that he's got to earn his way onto the roster this year. It's, you know, the consensus still seems to be like people are taking that with a grain of salt. They're like, well, yeah, they're trying to light a fire under, under Bart. They're trying to, you know, and I don't, I don't, I what don't really see Farhan and Kapler being the types that are going to try to light fires they're, under they're one. They're not light a fire. I think kind they're, of they're honest, straight shooters is what they are. And I think that's what they were doing. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I read it differently than a lot of the guys out there talking about how, you know, they're still finding it hard to believe that Bart will make the opening day roster. Um, but I think the fact that he's got a, the fact that he's got an option, you know, just, I think makes it a, a, a real possibility that he doesn't make the opening day roster. That might be it more than any other thing, right? Just the option makes him more flexible. Imagine you started with wins, right? And, um, 
and then uh or sorry let's let's say you bring wins up right like i think austin wins is in a worse situation you bring wins up because somebody gets hurt right somebody gets hurt enough that they're not on the 40 man roster but then uh so you you bring wins up you put him on the 40 man but then that person gets healthy again well what do you have to do with austin wins you have to dfa him Right, because right. you because you, you need to make space on the forty man, uh, and unless you want to carry th- carry three catchers on it, um, and so so it just makes Joey Bart that much more flexible, right? The ability to move him back and forth between the minors and the majors, as your basically number three catcher, um, yeah, like I I just I just you know nobody else has that flexibility, right? right? Including I- Sable. Right, and and I think well Sable certainly doesn't have that flexibility, and right. and I think that. What's to say they don't start him? You know, uh, he he makes the club. He's already on the forty man, so he makes the twenty six man roster, and they ride it out. And maybe at some point it becomes clear that he's just in over his head and that he's not ready. And then they are like, okay, we'll send him back to Pittsburgh where he came from, and we'll call up Joey Bart. And I feel like that's a very plausible and sensible way of dealing with the Rule Five draft pick. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, hundred uh, percent. The other, the other uh, prospect that I think was pretty impressive was Casey Schmidt. Uh, you know, we, not a lock or not even an option really to make the opening day roster, but I think we talked about you know, uh, him possibly making the team at some point this year, and you know he hit, he had a good he had a home run, uh, had an amazing behind the third base bag stop and throw. Um, Aided a little bit by the runner thinking, I think that the ball had already gone down the line. Yeah, he 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 made a turn to go to second, and then <laughs> didn't, didn't realize that the ball was being thrown to well, first. Well, but I mean that the... tells you how good of a play it was. First of yes. all, right, that the batter assumed the ball was going to get down the line and didn't. Um, it, yes, he was definitely aided that. Unfortunately, he also made an error. Yeah, so, which was also yeah, one so that of was a little six bit of a... errors. Six errors that they made. Now, granted, it was all the young guys, but six errors. They made in yeah. game one. Yeah, that that was a a definitely let's let's knock the rust off kind of game. Uh, uh, I like uh, to call that Zaidi ball. <laughs> well, Casey Schmidt's not a not a bad defender. No, uh, no, he, no. I mean six errors, six errors well, in a game. Yes. I call that Zaidi ball. Oh, um, hey, and I don't care who makes the errors. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me if, if they're making six errors. It's still a bad game. Um. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, so all in all, like, I mean, off to a good start. I don't think there's been, you know, like, I think things are kind of, you know, obviously it's only two games. Uh, I, I would like to see, I'd like to see Kyle Harrison pitch. I'd like to see more of the guys get more consistent at bats to see, you know, how, how things are doing. I'd like to see Conforto play in the outfield, <laughs> uh, rather than hitting at DH, yeah. uh, because yeah. we can only have one DH. Right. And that's supposed to be Jock. So... Yeah, I think we'll see that. I mean, obviously they, they don't need to rush him back, but I, I no, think sure. Uh, sure. I think we'll see it. Uh, I think the other player that uh, that that was good to see play well at the beginning was uh, Lamont Wade Jr. and and you know hitting a home run um, was you know saw that his power seems to be back and. Uh, which leads me into kind of the next question here for you is uh, who who do you feel like are the breakout candidates for 2023? And, mm-hmm. you know, and, I, and the reason I'm bringing that up now is because Lamont Wade Jr. for me is, is one of those candidates. Hmm. Uh, and, and mainly because he just wasn't healthy last year. And we're finding out more about the Giants are really tight lipped about injuries yeah, you know, and we're only Extremely. finding out now about like how kind of screwed up Lamont Wade Jr. was last year. And yeah. so during the offseason, Lamont, you know, he really he learned that a lot of his uh, his knee injury was from weaknesses and some of his muscles and really tried to, you know, to rehab and get back to his strength and talking about how he likes to sit in his stance a little bit more. And uh, and he couldn't do that last year. He had to be really upright because he just couldn't you know sit down a lot in his stance. And you're starting to see that again this year, at mm-hmm. least in a very small sample. And uh, so I'm I'm excited about Lamont Wade Jr. I mean, if we get late night Lamont back, 
That could be a real big boom for this kid for this club. That would be huge. I mean, I honestly, I think Lamont Way Jr. is is a huge part of of the Giants being successful. He was a huge part of them being successful two seasons ago. Uh, I, I think him coming back is major. I wouldn't necessarily call it a breakout year. I think his breakout year was his was 2021 i mean that was his breakout year okay um i think he was had an injury plagued year you might say it due for a comeback sure okay yeah yeah. uh yeah i absolutely think that that he is somebody that we kind of need to right we we need him oh absolutely i mean Um, yeah he's the only left-handed hitting first base option besides now jock peterson so yeah so yeah they absolutely need him to to have a good year um, you know, I, I think in terms of like breakouts, the guys that I really would like to see play a consistent full year and see if he can do it all is David VR. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is my, my big pick for this year to have a breakout season. Um, you know, like I, I think it was funny you and I were talking about before the show and, and you kind of remarked how it's like, like everyone could be a breakout guy this year, right? Yes. Well, that's that's how the Giants have constructed this team, right? You got a lot of prove it to me contracts yeah. and all these things, and it's like everyone could have breakout yeah. potential. It's, it, either trying to catch lightning in a bottle, have somebody have a breakout year, or have a comeback year. I mean, the uh, Jock Peterson. I know you you have him down here on the list. I I don't know. I think if he has a great season, it's not a surprise to anybody. Um, I think he had a he had a decent season last year. He was a little up and down, right? He, he, yeah, you know, he's a little yeah. streaky. Um, I think that's kind of always been his mo. Um, he's but I little... think I mean just the shift differences this year could really uh, take him from one level to the next. I think sure, without it, the it, shift, it could. Uh, I mean, we'll we'll see if people start putting that left fielder out in short right, and then yeah, we haven't uh, seen it yet. But yeah, we maybe, haven't seen. Maybe. It's got to come. It's got to come. I you know I I just can't see that the shift was that useful that people won't put the the left fielder out into right field and just leave the left field open. Um. <laughs> I you know I mean I don't know I don't know why they weren't doing that before quite frankly I guess they you know I I don't know I guess protecting the line just in case right because you didn't have to do it but anyway um, I think he can have yes I I think he can have a better year but he was already good you know what I mean like he was our all star last year Um, so I I I, you know I I, again he kind of has to. Right. Um, I I think he's got to be the guy in a lot of ways. I know a lot has been said about Hanniger and Conforto, but in a lot of ways, I think Jock Peterson is the guy. He's our guy. Mm -hmm. He's the guy. He is the you know, I mean, I know Yaz is still here, but Yaz has had two kind of disappointing seasons in a row. They haven't been necessarily bad, but they haven't been great. And so, you know, I think Jock Peterson is the quintessential giant when you caught from the offensive side of the ball this year. And um which is kind of remarkable to me because you know who knew that Jock Peterson was going to even be a San Francisco Giant before last season, right? And now he's your best <laughs> player, uh, your best offensive player. Um, well, I mean, no comment, I guess, is what I'll say to that. But, uh, I mean, really, you could pick any player. I mean, we have all these offensive guys down here. I think you, you put J.D. Davis on this list, which is which I think is also a really good call. Um, is he? My question is, is he going to get enough at-bats? I, I think he and, you know... Uh, VR kind of like step on each other's toes a little bit, um, but on the on the, on the defensive side, uh, I mean, I don't really know much about this bullpen other than the two Rogers and Camilo, and we kind of know what all three of those guys can do. Like I yeah. don't know that I if they have good seasons, I'll expect it. It's because I expect it. I'll ex- I expect both the Rogers brothers and and Camilo to have a good season this year. Yeah, yeah. Kyle I, Harrison. I that's Alex my pick. Cobb. What's that? Kyle Harrison. <laughs> Breakout. Yes, rookie of the year. Kyle that's Harrison. That's right. <laughs> uh, I hey, that would be great. Uh, it would mean that somebody else, you know, uh, was not pitching well. But uh, whatever. Uh, you. I feel like Alex Cobb is also. Uh, Someone who last year uh, was a real victim of the poor defense uh, by the Giants. And so uh, his peripheral numbers show that he was a better pitcher than than the traditional stat showed in terms of ERA and things like that. And so I feel like he could be someone that could benefit from a few 
a few breaks going his way, a little bit better defense, and uh, could be you know surprising in in a lot of ways to to maybe those outside the organization. I think I think you're right. I think he's one of those guys who could you know end up becoming a dominant number two in the rotation. And if, yes, everybody else outside of the Giants and I guess the Angels would be would be surprised um, by you know, they probably who's this guy. Cobb who, you know, um, (laughs) for sure. Like, I think, I think, uh, and and certainly the stats have borne that out, right? Um, But you know what? The, all of the geeky stat sites like uh, Baseball Prospectus and Fangraphs, he's not a surprise to them. They they are all picking him to be as good, well, not all, but some are projecting him to be as good as Logan Webb. And the best, wow. the best giant, right? You know, Logan Webb and Alex Cobb are that have the t- the top potential to be the best giants uh, in terms of war. Yeah. So, well, and I don't. I yeah. I think he has the opportunity to be like a Gosman type, where you know comes up unexpectedly and becomes a you know a frontline type pitcher. Uh, he showed that kind of stuff last year, and and I think that you know we could see that this year again. Remind as well. me of his injury status last year. Was he relatively healthy? I feel like he did miss a little bit of time, but I can't remember. Mm, good question. I I don't recall either. Um, um, I I, look I, I feel like he was healthy most of the year, but I don't I don't know for sure. Um. Why are you gotta ask me questions like that when I haven't even done the research? I don't man. know. He, he made twenty eight starts, which is okay. which is I think that's I mean, yeah, that's quite good. <laughs> that's quite good. Yeah. All right. Well, we're getting towards the end of the of the hour here. I, I feel like I should uh, we should segue into our trivia answer. Yes. Uh, let's uh, let me remind you. What the question was, in 2007, in his final season, Barry Bonds hit 28 home runs and only 340 at-bats. Since then, only one National League player has had as many as 28 home runs and as few as 340 at-bats. Who is he? And I went with Kevin Moss after waffling. That was my (laughs) guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he played about fifteen to twenty. Kevin Moss, I played fifteen years, twenty years. Oh, before at least, this and and didn't even play in the National League. So you know, right. wrong on several ways there. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> well, the real the answer, the answer is the baby giraffe, the captain, Brandon Belt. Brandon Belt. In 2021, Brandon Belt hit 29 home runs and only 325 at-bats. The only player to do that since Barry Bonds did it Wait, in 2007. Let, let, let me take the position of the anti-Belts. Well, of course he only had 325 at-bats. Sure, sure. But Barry Bonds only had 340 because of injuries, too. So, <laughs> you know, it happens. But uh, but still impressive. 29 home runs. Uh, one more, and he would have broken the, street, the, the drought the Giants have had of not having a player to hit 30 home runs since Barry Bonds, uh, which is... Getting on a long time ago. And, you know, and if actually the Athletic, uh, Andrew Baggerly did an article where they listed the Giants actually have not had a, um, have not had three 30 home run guys since uh, 2011. So um, it's been, it's been quite a long time. Wow. Uh, so, so, but this year could be the year, Ben. This it, year could be it. That's right. Hanager and Conforto, baby. Hanager, Conforto, Wade Jr. We've got lots of opportunities, you know, to for someone to hit thirty. Uh, Jock Peterson, you know, we got we got we got opportunities. Ben, I think there's going to be, I think the Giants are going to hit for power. We've already seen it a little bit early in spring. I think that's going to continue. Uh, yeah, I I I I think that this has the potential to be uh, a really strong offensive team, without a doubt. I I think the only thing. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess that's part of making predictions. I'm going to say everybody's going to do just fine when they're healthy. When they're healthy. That's right. Well, that is the big And here's yet. the other thing that I know. They're not going to be healthy all the time. And that's not because they have bad records of being healthy or, or any of that, or, or these are the wrong guys. I, it's, 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 I'm just because every team always has injuries, always. And uh, the question is, how much does the injury bug hurt all of these guys? But I'm going to say that when they're there, they're all going to swing well. 
That's and, my prediction. And the Giants have done a pretty good job of having um, capable backups for that. So, uh, capable you know, offensive I, I think, backups. Correct. And, and I think that they've positioned themselves to do the same this year. All right. So looking ahead to next week, Ben, uh, we got some cocktail. What, what's next week's cocktails looking like? Next week's cocktails are a pina colada. And Do you like the, pina coladas? Um, do you like getting caught in the rain? I I I I I do like pina coladas. Are you into health food? I, I do you like the taste of champagne? I like champagne. I don't like getting caught in the rain, and I don't like health food. <laughs> All right. All right. Just asking. Just oh, asking. Okay. Okay. Um, and yeah. yeah. Well, so your pina colada. I am drinking a classic cocktail called Ward Eight. Uh, it's Ooh. a rye Good centric. One. Uh, cocktail so come learn about that uh, that will be dropping on Thursday we will have our happy hour on Thursday where we'll talk about those drinks uh, it's been fun seeing all the downloads on our happy hour episode a lot of you are are jumping on that uh, that podcast as well which is exciting uh, and then next week we've got good old-fashioned spring baseball Ben Woo-hoo! woo we're playing everybody <laughs> In, Even a couple times. In more, yeah, like yeah, we got like eight games in seven days. And, oh uh, yes, they say we're playing the Angels, the Padres, the Diamondbacks twice, the Guardians, the Rangers, the Rockies, the Brewers, the Royals. It's everybody. Everybody. So you know, Bochi. Yeah, we're gonna oh, be uh, going against right. Bochi with the Rangers. Bruce Maybe we'll see a future giant Shohei Otani uh, on Monday with the Angels. Stop it! Stop it! <laughs> Don't, don't even, no. Like we're going to hear could happen, so, man. could happen. Oh my God. We're going to hear so much of that. You know, you know how much of a madhouse it's going to be next winter. I almost am. I almost can't take it. Winter is going to be like July 24th and we're going to be oh, like, they're going to trade, trade for him <laughs> with what? Kyle Harrison. Probably. <laughs> what it'll take that's what it, that's what it would take yeah. yeah that's what it'll take although uh, actually it won't take it won't take that much you think it would but it won't take that much when he's only got half a year left on his contract uh, if they had traded him a couple of years earlier then definitely Fair. Um, Fair. um but uh yeah anyway all right well i uh looking forward to next week looking forward to the games and uh, uh it was good chat with you until next week uh we'll uh we'll talk to you all later cheers my friend cheers matthew bye everybody bye Thank you for listening to the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until next time, bottoms up.